The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon from Cana and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received. Without cost you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, first off, to all you dads out there, happy Father's Day. Our Mass readings today are all about God's tender love and compassion for all his creatures kind of dominates our readings today. And I think that's kind of hitting as we celebrate Father's Day this weekend, as our earthly fathers strive to imitate our heavenly father with love and compassion for their families. In our first reading from the book of Exodus, we hear that God's loving care for the people of Israel is conveyed through a beautiful image. As we heard, I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. That image reminded me of something I saw while hiking a few years back. I was walking along the side of a lake, and there was a beautiful swan out there swimming. As it came closer to me, it became obvious that the swan had four baby swans riding on its back. I was captivated by that sight. It certainly was a, a touching expression of parental love and care for the little ones. Later, I did some research, and I learned that eagles, well, they don't carry the young on their back like swans do. But when young eaglets are learning to fly, one of the parents flies under them with their wings spread out wide to catch them just in case they fall. Another beautiful image of protection, love, and compassion of our heavenly and our earthly fathers. We also heard that the Israelites had become discouraged as they wandered through the wilderness of Sinai. Following their miraculous escape from Egypt, they needed to be reminded that God, the very God that intervened in their escape, would never desert them, but would always accompany them, always make them his people, a kingdom of priests, a consecrated nation. I think we too need to hear those same words of encouragement every once in a while especially when we feel overwhelmed by the division and negativity of our world today. 
and even as we bear the burdens in our own everyday life. God will never desert us. And in our second reading, St. Paul underlines the unconditional quality of God's loving care for us. God's love, says Paul, is not like that of a people whose only love, only love those who deserve it, or those who might be prepared to give their lives for those they judge worthy of such a gesture. No, just how utterly and completely different and infinitely greater is the love of our God. And that is shown by the fact that he sent his own son to walk with us and die for us while we were still sinners, still doubting. Paul encourages us not to let ourselves become slaves to those fears and doubt, but to have joyful trust in God. Just imagine, he says, that if God loved us when we doubted him, how much more would he love us when we have been citizens of his kingdom? Our weaknesses and our sins can never, ever be stronger than his love for us. While we may be tempted to give up on him, he never will give up on us. And in our gospel today, Matthew gives us a lovely picture of the compassion for Jesus that he encountered during his time on earth. The expression we heard, moved with pity, does not even come close to capturing the depth of the feeling, the pain and suffering of the poor and oppressed that he saw before him. Lives that he wanted to call home to himself, people that he wanted to transform. And after observing the pitiful conditions of the people that he called troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd, Jesus was moved from the depth of his heart to respond to their plight. He knew that the political leaders and religious authorities at that time had no real concern for them, for he knew those leaders were more focused on maintaining their own privileged positions, holding on to the power and money they offered, not at all focused on the hungry, the sick, and the oppressed of the land. If that sounds familiar, well, it probably should, because many leaders in our world today are still corrupted by that same selfish desire for power, control, money. But Jesus, in contrast, he identifies with our sufferings, just as he identified with the suffering of those people so long ago. His compassion leads him not only to embark on a personal ministry of healing, we hear, but also to choose and send forth disciples to help and collaborate with him in his mission. And the mission in which Jesus sends his 12 chosen disciples is clearly an extension of his own ministry while he walked the earth. Go and proclaim the message, he said. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, bring the dead back to life, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Today we need to understand that the demons and illnesses Jesus speaks of symbolize all the things that are opposed to a grateful human life whether they may be physical, mental, or spiritual. But we also need to understand the authority that Jesus confers on the Twelve is also conferred on each of us. It's an authority, an authority not over people, but over evil. It's the liberating power of his word, which can overcome evil and can indeed create a new world. And it's a power that, believe it or not, we each possess and we are expected to share. For as disciples of Jesus, we too are called, and we too are sent, 
to continue his compassionate ministry of healing and hope in a world that so desperately needs to hear and know the powerful truth of the gospel. So many of our world are lost in lack of hope because they're looking for peace in all the wrong places. But you and I are charged to bring others to Christ. We must be the hands and feet of Christ that brings compassionate love, peace, and hope back into our world. Because we know God's great love and compassion. We have the power and we have the responsibility to bring those gifts and his gospel message to others. The gospel reading concludes with the directive of Jesus to his apostles. You received without charge, give without charge. While we are commissioned by Jesus to do the work, for personal, not for personal benefit, we do not seek to become famous, powerful, or enriched in any way. We are called simply to be joyful instruments in the service of our Lord and Master. Last Sunday, many of you joined in with Father Joe and I in a Eucharistic procession. We carried Jesus out into the world as we walked over three miles through neighborhoods and down Charlestown Road. Hundreds of people witnessed Jesus pass by in the Blessed Sacrament of the Eucharist, accompanied by almost a hundred of you, his faithful disciples. There were various expressions of faith as we passed by. One young couple fell to their knees in adoration. A dozen or so people at Zestos all stopped, turned toward us, bowed their heads, folded their hands in prayer. There were various shouts of affirmation and numerous cars stopped out of respect and many vehicles gave a honk of support as they passed by. Now I'm sure there were many out there that had no idea what we were doing, what they were witnessing. But I pray some of them may have asked someone else or even Googled what we were all about. While we never know how many people were touched, their hearts may be changed a little by our simple public proclamation that Christ is our Lord and Savior. We do know that all of us that walked that day were touched. Our hearts were changed. At the end, we all gathered right back here in our church for benediction, for prayer. And though very hot, many of us covered in sweat, in one voice and with great joy, we praised our Lord and Savior. Somehow, through that Eucharistic procession, we all drew closer to our loving and compassionate God. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, a bit of fragrance always clings to the hands that give roses. My friends, I think that's so very true, for we never touch the life of another without also touching our own life. The last words you will hear before you leave Mass today will be go and announce the gospel of the Lord. And if we can do just that, hearts, lives, and souls can and will be changed, including our own. <laughs>